you got cows that you got to milk every day. Like mm-hmm. cows don't take cows don't take a day off, so you really can't take a day off either. So my my mom and dad just never could take a day off. We never traveled when I was growing up, and like my dad was very much like, why would I ever leave this town? Every I got everything I need here. So I didn't get a passport until I was thirty seven, and wow. the only reason why I got a passport. I had a whole school year to plan my travel. Now, originally, I wanted to do the Asia circuit, but they weren't open because of COVID. COVID, yeah. Where, what's open? Where do I want to go? And Portugal was number three on my bucket list. It went Japan, number one, Korea, number two, Portugal, number three. And Portugal was open. So I spent two months in Portugal. And that is numero uno of countries. I'll get on a Zoom call with you. If you go out there between December and January, I'll meet you in <laughs> in Seoul. And I'll show you around. I'll show you to all my favorite spots. I'll take you away from the touristy stuff because anybody can find that. I love Seoul. I absolutely love it. And I love showing people that city. Welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast with me, James Hammond. Every Monday, I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you, designed to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Billy Lam from the Mindful Midlife Crisis podcast. Billy has spent 21 years as an educator but became disenfranchised in the last half due to budding mental health issues or concerns and a lack of job satisfaction. In 2021, Billy left his job as a Dean of Students to Travel the World in search of more meaningful life experiences. So since then, he's been focused on teaching others how to navigate their own midlife crisis with more curiosity, openness, compassion and awareness through the use of mindfulness, meditation, as well as practical and intentional daily routines that focus on consistency and discipline through his introductory Reflect, Learn, Grow mindfulness program. Billy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, James. Really excited about this chat. Thanks for coming on. Where are you in the world right now? Well, I'm nowhere exciting right now. I'm in my dad's basement, which I think is kind of the trade-off when you're a digital nomad from from time to time, you have to come back and regroup after you've been traveling for a long time. But I'm only here for a couple more days, and then I'm heading out to Seattle, Washington. My sister lives out there, and then on November 13th, so that's in a week, one week from today, I will be heading back to Seoul, South Korea, because Seoul, South Korea is my happy place. And then I'll be there for two months. I'm going to go to Chiang Mai, Thailand for two months, and then to Hanoi for a month. I'm, I might change things up, but I'm not, uh, you know, a lot, <laughs> you know, you need, name of the podcast is Winging It Travel. I don't wing it. I'm, I'm not a winger. Okay. Uh, when people tell me to go with the flow, my flow is to schedule things. Ah. So, yeah, so that's that. I mean, so that's kind of how I interpret go with the flow. So when I when I go with the flow, I do what comes naturally to me and scheduling comes naturally to me. So I kind of know where things are. I had a dude tell me one time last year, I, he's like, uh, so where are you all traveling? And I, I had everything laid out. Yeah. I knew where I was going to be and all that. And he goes, well, that's your problem. You're doing it wrong. 
And I'm like, huh? Uh-huh. And he said, you're, you're traveling wrong. You got everything planned out. And it took every, it took every ounce of you just like patience and understanding and, and compassion to just be like, don't punch him in the mouth. Do not punch <laughs> this dude in the mouth. He thinks he knows the only way to travel. And, uh, you know, so I just had to, I had to, you know, harness my chi in that moment to be like, okay, all right, this is, you, you're taking this personally. There's no need to take this personally. That's how he travels. This is how you travel. So I know where I'm going to be at least through, I think, April 10th. And then after that, I'm going to have to reassess some things. Yeah. That's a birthday, that's. Um, oh. Yeah. Maybe no more birthday. It's a birthday treat. Where are you going to go next? You can meet me in Hanoi if you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love Hanoi. Yeah. Uh, but there's no right or wrong way. That's the number one thing from here. Uh, and we all travel differently. I don't travel all scheduled, I, I must admit, but that's because uh, it's the way I travel, hence the name of the podcast. But mm-hmm. I'd never tell someone that's wrong. Bloody hell, like, at, at, at the very least, at least you're out there. I mean, there's loads of people who are not doing it. Um, right. Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I, the reason why I've chosen those places, even though I've been to Chiang Mai and even though I've been to Hanoi before, I've been traveling now for two years and I keep going back to Seoul. But last year, particularly, or I guess at the beginning of 2023, I was bouncing around quite a bit. So I, I spent uh, three months in Seoul and I felt really good about that. But then I went to Thailand and I was there for six weeks and I went to like four or five different spots. So I was a week in every different spot. So I went to a Muay Thai camp for a week, and then I went to Bangkok for a week. I went to Chiang Rai for four days. I went to Chiang Mai for two weeks. I went to Krabi for a week, and I went to Phuket for a week. And then I went to Singapore for a week, and then I went to Da Nang for a week, and I went to Hanoi for a week, and I went to Osaka for three weeks, Kyoto for a week, Kanazawa for like four days, and then Tokyo for a month. And by the time I got to Tokyo, I realized just how frazzled I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, that's, it was too much. And so now when I'm going back, I, I just, I want to feel stabilized mm-hmm. and I, I like, I'm not a tourist anymore in Seoul. Like I I've spent eight months in Seoul. I don't really feel like a tourist anymore. I've got a great network of friends there. And then Chiang Mai is just, you just chill in Chiang Mai. Oh, like there's, dream. I don't know that there's a, there's, there are things obviously to do, mm. but I, that is just like a, that's just chill city. Yeah. So I love that about Chiang Mai. And then Hanoi is the opposite, whereas there's chaos everywhere, but it's this hum and this buzz. And I love that hum and buzz of the city. But I also want to take a couple day trips to, I've been to Halong Bay and I've been to Ninbin, but there are two day trips that I want to do. And they're kind of like three day trips because they're pretty far out. But it's that, I can't remember what the loop is, but you do like a motorcycle loop or a scooter loop or something like that. Is that towards like Sapa? uh, Yeah, I think it's up that way. I think it's even further north of Sapa. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I think it's part of the route. Yeah, so I want I want to do that, and then there's also uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, but Gan Bangiak waterfalls, and it's these beautiful waterfalls that border Vietnam and China, and they just look incredible. And I have a friend that is from Vietnam, and she sent me. She's like, "Well, if you're going back to Vietnam, try and go here," mm. and it's like 
eight hours north of Hanoi. So it's going to take some effort to get up there. But I figure, okay, you know, those will kind of be my excursions this time around, something different this time around. But otherwise, man, I'm just looking for a cheap place to chill for, <laughs> for a while because shit ain't cheap in the United States. So, you know, I'm just going back so, to where it's cheap it. and it's chill. Yeah, I think we discuss this a lot on the podcast about slow travel because um, I, I talked about my experience this year because we left in January. It's been too quick. Um, but there is one caveat to that. Though. I don't know what you think about this, but we're talking this the other day. Slow travel can only really happen in a couple of instances. One, you have a big pot of money because there's no rush to um, go anywhere because you can just go for as long as you want because you've got a decent amount of money. Or you earn on the road as digital nomad because then you, you are going to have to do some work, right, if you're slow traveling. And then that, that makes it slow because you're probably somewhere for two weeks doing work. And then you're kind of living in other countries, but slowly and seem a bit kind of a bit more intensely because you probably do two weeks and there's like a weekend somewhere else and there's like more like living a real life but away from home so because we didn't earn on the road and didn't have that bigger budget we're kind of like trying to get places ticked off and it is not the best way to travel it's too fast and like you said frazzled we we're frazzled by mid-october when we came back from the road trip mm-hmm yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like I, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have children. So I don't have the same responsibilities that a lot of people other do. Yeah. A lot of other people do. I, I originally took a leave for a year and then that just turned into a resignation because there wasn't going to be a way for me to transition back into that position. Oh, okay. And then I enjoyed living or I enjoyed being in Seoul so much that when I went back to the States, I just sold everything. I sold yeah. my condo that I absolutely love. But what was interesting, I was renting out my condo during my first year of travel. And when I got back there, it didn't feel like mine anymore. Ah. And, and I was the only person who had ever lived in that condo. And then this very lovely couple who really did a really nice job of, of keeping it up. And, and they were very, very sweet. But when I came back, it it didn't feel like my home anymore. So it, I really had no problem letting that condo go. And mm -hmm. like I said, I loved it. It was in a prime location. I had gotten a steal of a deal on it when I first bought it. And I made good money when I sold it. So I've been traveling on that here now for a while, or for the second year. So now I'm kind of going into year two and a half year three and it's like mm, money's starting to run a little bit thin here yeah so so now i am now i am kind of getting to that point where it's like all right it's sort of sink or swim time mm -hmm. here and, and i'm trying to build this coaching business and man being a solo entrepreneur is a lot of hard work and it's it's all things that are new to me because i worked in education for 21 years yeah. so i never had to think about those other types of things and, and now here i am moving into this solo entrepreneur and you know in business aspect of things it's like whoo there's a lot to think about here and <laughs> when you're by yourself like you don't have a, like everything is me all the social media stuff that I hate doing, that I yeah. hate creating, all that content that I hate creating, like I have to do all that and then do the podcast on top of that too. And then like re do the client reach out and oh, it's a lot, it's a lot of hard work. Now, 
would I trade my new problems for my old problems? Hell no. Like, exactly. I, yeah. I am, yeah. I'm, I feel very fortunate and I am eternally grateful for the opportunities that I've had and the experiences that I've had and the people that I've met, but then also the people who are in my core, like my parents, like my sister, like my really close friends who have really helped me out during this time mm. so that I can, I guess, kind of continue living this life. But I'm, I also have kind of told myself that April 10th, that's sort of the dead date. You know, you have due dates where this is the dead date. So if, if, if I'm not, if I'm not making progress in certain areas of my life here, yeah. particularly financially, that April 10th is the dead date and it's go back and kind of cut your losses time and, mm. and maybe in, in, you know, find the nine to five or what, what have you find something that's stable, that's reliable and in, not look at it as a loss. Like I think that's not, going to be the hardest thing is not looking at it as a defeat, but just saying, Hey dude, you had these really great experiences and you, what did you learn from it that you can now apply moving towards the next half of your life right here? You know, I'm, I'm 46 years old, you know, I've got a good chunk of time left. Mm -hmm. So what, what is it that I can do? What are the skills that I've acquired? Who are the connections that I have, that I've made? Uh, that where where I can continue, you know, living my purpose, and that's sort of what I coach people too is like understanding your strengths and exploring your curiosities and finding your connections, finding your community. Because if you do those 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 three things, then you find your purpose. This whole idea of start with your purpose. What the hell if I don't know what my purpose is? Yeah, tell me about it. I don't you know, know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and and I also get I like I get so irate when people say follow your passions. No, don't follow your passions. Please, for the love of God, don't <laughs> follow your passions. Because oftentimes we conflate passions with hobbies. Yes. And, and passion is a byproduct of all the work that you put in. Because what mm. you do is you recognize I'm good at this and I'm connected with these people and I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to be patient with this. And if you do all that, then boom, you have a passion. Mm -hmm. But it isn't, oh, I'm passionate about this. And then you, and then you do it. No, 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 no. You started doing it. You realized you had a knack for it. You realized that there was curiosity involved. You realized that there was a community of support in there and then boom, that turned into a passion. So please, for the love of God, people stop following your passion. <laughs> stop telling people if you're going to be a graduate high school, graduation commencement speaker. Oh, if you say, follow your passion and I find out about you, I'm I'm giving you the Liam Neeson speech from Taken. <laughs> it's interesting because I'm in the same I'm in the same spot as you actually. Yeah, trying to work out that self um, solo entrepreneur thing, which is exciting and daunting at the same time. And what I've realised is because I'm now not working at the minute, the amount of hours I'm putting into that the podcast on the side is full eight, nine, ten hour days. I'm like, wow, how do I do that with a job? So it's a bit scary. Um, but at least I'm doing it now before I have to get a job in the new year. But you're absolutely right about trying to figure it out because in the real world, money does dry up. I think people see this on, especially on Instagram, where there's this like idyllic lifestyle where it's easy and people travel the world. It's not, it's, it's absolutely hard work. And I spoke to my friend Katrina in the week who came onto the podcast and she's a career coach and she just wrote a, a book for dummies actually. And she said to me on the 
podcast originally that she left her corporate job, went on a 15-month trip, then had to go back to a job. And she didn't see it as a loss. She saw it as, ah, oh, okay, so I liked what I did. I've now got no money. I need to reassess how to get back to that, that place again, but also put in a different way. So it's quite interesting. You don't seem as lost as you seem as like the next thing that you've learned. Because I'm worried that if I go back to a job that this year, apart from travel, which has been great, like personally, professionally and growth wise, I've not succeeded. But I think I need to give myself a bit of slack because there's a different mode you need to go into. And as entrepreneur mode is a very different mode to just traveling. And that's something I'm trying to learn. Yeah, I think one thing that I that I'm trying to kind of program into my brain here a little bit. Uh, Adam Grant, who I, I really love Adam Grant. If people don't know who Adam Grant is, give him a give him a follow on Instagram. But he is uh, an organizational psychologist. He's got all sorts of books out there. He's got a couple different podcasts out there. But you know, daily he kind of posts these things. And, and there's this saying, and I used to really believe in this saying that uh, comparison is the thief Thank of for joy. joy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he reframed that and he said, comparison is not the thief of joy. Comparison can actually be motivating. You can yeah. look at yeah, somebody yeah, and say, yeah. I want to I get to that level and then mm. recognizing what it is that you got to do in order to get to that level. What the thief of joy is, is envy. When you yes. look at something yeah. and you say, you know, you just, you're envious that that person has it and then you let that build up inside of you. And, and my other, my other favorite podcast is the Jordan Harbinger show. I love Jordan Harbinger. And they've talked about this idea of envy too. And I think and what has really kind of helped me reframe looking at people who, you know, on social media, who I want to emulate, he, he what Jordan said is you have to, if you're going to, if you want to trade lives with that person, you have to trade every aspect of your life for every aspect of their life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you think about, hey, Brad Pitt's got it made, but he also doesn't have a lot of privacy. Yeah. You know, there, so there are things that you have to, to, to weigh in all of that too. Like you're not just taking, you're not cherry picking. You're taking every aspect of that person's life. And so I think that's why when I think about, I wouldn't trade my, my new problems for my old problems. I think in, in six months down the road, right, if I get to a point where I have to go back to the classroom, I think the real internal work for me is going to be, hey, man, you know, you, you, you cannot trade this life for your old life because then you have to take on all the other things that came with it, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's really where my mindfulness practice comes in. It's just like, hey, let's work on being present. And if there are people out there who are like, this guy kind of sounds like a spaz. It does, you know, there's no way this dude meditates. I do. I meditate so I can be this level of obnoxious because if I didn't, I'd be an out-of-control asshole. So <laughs> that's why I, I meditate. And I like working with people who have that same high energy, that same high intensity. You know, I, I like working with those kind of people because I relate to that, those kind of people. That I, we had Jeannie Love, who's an ADHD coach on my show a, a, a while back. It's episode 99 if people want to listen to that. And she's like, you know, just talking to you the last couple of times here, you might have some ADHD symptoms. And I'm like, you know, that's interesting. I've long wondered if that is, is the case. Mm -hmm. I don't have an official diagnosis, but there are certainly things that when I look at the ADHD 
symptoms checklist, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. So, you know, that's just how my mind works. I, I, I move pretty fast. And so that mindfulness practice creates opportunities for me to slow down and it, they're much needed opportunities too. And they provide me an opportunity, especially to assess a situation so that I can respond as opposed to react. And I feel like in the last few months, uh, it's been, it's been a bit more chaotic than I anticipated. And if I could do these last five months over again, I, I probably, I would, yeah. I would, there are some changes that I would certainly make. Now the first six months of, of 2023, I, I'd like, I'd relive those days over <laughs> and over and over Same. again. Like, yeah. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. But then again, it's just like, hey, this is where you are in the present. So how do we make the most of what is right now in front of you? This is your present. So let's let's assess what what resources do you have? What skills do you have? What connections do you have to get to where it is that you want to be in six months? And it's this whole idea of don't ever give up, don't ever. Well, like poker players, they quit. 80, 90% of the hands that they play yeah, yeah, because they, they know that when they get dealt a good set of cards, that that's when they're going to play and they mm -hmm. don't go all in on all of them too. They're strategic about it. So I think we need to live life more like poker players and be and take strategic risks. And we don't have to go all in unless we firmly believe that, Hey, this is something that I can go all in. Is that playing it safe? I guess if, you know, if, if people want to look at it that way, they can, but again, you're taking strategic risks. So what is, what's the risk that you can afford? I could afford to take two and a half years off, but I don't think I can afford to take three years off. So mm. that's kind of why I have that dead date because it, it, to me, that's where I say, all right, like at some point in time, we have to, we have to cut this off so we can continue and let's let's make this let's do all the things that have been working but if they don't you know, if it doesn't turn into fruition if it doesn't turn into something substantial then hey what are the skills that you can fall back on what are the opportunities you can fall back on and then kind of that like i said that internal work of this is not a loss this is not a defeat this is this is a, maybe a setback but then what is it that you essentially want to get to and how can this new experience move you towards that? So, mm. I mean, life is like the stock market. They I mean, yeah. there's ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. But if you invest in yourself, then you're going to reap the dividends at some point in time. If you, and you just have to be patient and disciplined and, and consistent and self-compassionate. So interesting that because the MB thing is very interesting because you're absolutely right about you cannot wish you were someone else. The classic example of this that people would have, a lot of people would have seen was the, the, the Last Dance by Michael Jordan documentary. Now, yeah. I, I love NBA. Like, would I love to be like Michael Jordan, like smashing like Sam Dunks over people? Yeah, of course I would. But look, but look how he is now. He's still got, he's still a bit bitter about players. Yeah, he's a billionaire. Is he happy? I mean, I'm not sure he is, but he is the best player ever. So right. you can't say you want to be the best player ever and then not do his journey. That doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. I think yeah. people just need to realize that your own journey is just as valuable as anyone else's journey. It's just about 
you've got to be honest with yourself about what is the end goal and are you happy with that goal either now or what you're aiming towards because if you're not then you've got to change route and make a plan but don't start wishing other people because then that's pretty sad way of looking at life i think yeah in in people didn't just wake up there's no such thing as an overnight success no no of course uh, not yeah we, we had uh i had i was talking to rich bracken and like rich bracken rich bracken jokes that uh he he is a six-year overnight success so, <laughs> okay. yeah. so you know, it, in a chat, that's just one of those things where it's like mm. people don't see the work that you put in day in and day out, day in and day out. They mm. just see all of a sudden, boom, you you are noticed, or like that you're that you're being noticed by a lot of people. Yeah, and and you people don't understand the amount of work that goes in that most people put into that. Even like, you know, influencers that kind of thing. Most of them, I mean, they're putting in, a lot of them are putting in a lot of work in terms of like creating content or, or editing, editing video. Oh, I can't, oh, like I... vloggers. I can't, I, can, I mean, kudos to all the vloggers out there. I got into it. That's what I'm doing next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kudos to you, man, for, cause whew, going through that, going through that video and just like and tediously like i don't want to make a 10 second TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like this like, is so i've been i've been apprehensive to get on TikTok just because i'm like i don't want to i don't want to you know curate Bad. videos and, and that sort of thing like i, I want to do it in one i'm kind of like bob dylan i want to do it in one take and, <laughs> and just go from there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i wish i was like him yeah <laughs> but i think um what people don't realize also with the podcast and stuff that I do share the stat a lot. When I come to end of last year, in the places and travel for 2022, I was in the top 1% of content created for putting stuff out there, not downloads, just how much I've put out there, which is like, I guess they calculate the hours that you put of content. So interviews like this and compare it to the rest of the people in that category. And I was in the top 1%. So when people see that, they have to realize that is a shit ton of work. Like, and I'm not, not joking about this. And it is so much work to get these episodes out because the hours in the day is not enough compared to real life as well. You know, you've probably got a job or you're traveling or whatever. So 2023 has been interested in that. And it's like going forward, you mentioned earlier about your April 10th date. I think I have like a bit of a longer one, like a two, three year end date where I'm trying to think, well, I've got two, three years, I think, to really work at this side. I don't want to call it side hustle. I don't really like that term, but like, what can I do in the future that I'm my own boss and I'm earning my own money and not at the, uh, the word is really, I'm not speaking to someone, you know, like another boss or a contract at a company or stuff like that. Like, how can I be my own thing? And that's a tough, tough journey. And it requires a heck of a lot of work and connections. And I think entrepreneurs do get, oh, they must just, I don't know how they sleep. So they, they must just get bogged down. There's something to do every hour of the day. And even I'm struggling now trying to get myself going like at night, like, oh yeah, I should be doing that. I've got to do that. I don't know how people switch off in this mode. So it's something I've got to learn. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking here is I'm like, I'm like, do we sound ungrateful that we're in this position? And I think, I think more than anything, we're, we're talking about like, yeah, I think people often romanticize the digital yeah. nomad life, right? Yeah. It's like, and listen, I, I imagine you've had amazing experiences and I have had amazing experiences too. And, and along with that, there's also these challenges as well. So 
And I, like I said, it just kind of goes back to what I trade my new problems for no problems. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I am so grateful. And I also understand too, that, you know, there's an ounce of privilege that comes along with these experiences yeah, too, that, 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 that to be able to afford these opportunities and, you know, go places and really feel accepted and, and be able to connect with people wherever I go. So I, I absolutely understand all of that too. And none of that is lost on me. So I think a lot of times when, when I do start to feel down or I, maybe I'm lamenting too much and I'm spiraling and kind of this, this level of self pity, what pulls me back out of that is gratitude where I say, yeah, but you know what, look where you are, look where you, you know, look where you are. And you know, I could, I could like recently, I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I, just, I just hate being at my dad's house because it's, there's so much clutter around <laughs> here and it's just, it's busy everywhere I look. And so like for my mind, that's just not, it's not good. But then I can look at it and be like, you know what though, I feel really grateful that I have the opportunity to be here. Because like, if I couldn't be here, where would I go? Mm. And, and you know what, and how would that be different? So, so this is, you know, I, I have to stop myself from time to time when I, when I start going down that rabbit hole of woe is me, you know, it's like, nah, you know what, things are, things aren't so bad. There's, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on in the world and, yeah. and yes, a, understand it's okay to feel what you feel mm. right and 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 to express it but then to counteract that or at least balance out with a level of of gratitude and a level of self-compassion and the level of patience as well you know when we i kind of look at this idea of self-care on a on a continuous me on a on a on a continuum i guess not on a continuum, but a spectrum. That's spectrum. what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So yeah, a spectrum. And and there's there's selflessness and there's selfishness. Mm. And then in the middle is self-care. And to me, if you're overly selfless, it's you need to be more selfish from time to time in order to, to bring yourself back to self-care. And if you're always selfish, you need to be a little bit selfless in order to bring yourself back to or express gratitude in order to bring yourself back to self-care. I don't necessarily think that being selfish is a bad thing. Too much selfishness is mm. a bad thing, mm. but too much selflessness is also a bad thing because yeah. then you're, 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 you're really giving up who you are and, and you're going into that people pleaser. So <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm, I try to balance those things as much as possible. And, you know, like I said, because my mind moves so fast, this meditation practice, and I've been doing that for 10 years. It's, it's really what brings me back to center and allows me to, to just kind of process where I am presently. Oh, so interesting, isn't it? Cause that spectrum can be relating to a lot of things like different parts of life. So I was thinking there about the podcast, for example, that I do. When I spoke to my friend this week, one who was a guest last year, Katrina, she couldn't believe what I offered. So I get uh, I get to review a lot of books, uh, travel books, uh, in exchange for interview. Now that oh, is a lot. Cool. That that is a lot of hours per episode, mm -hmm. you know, sixteen to twenty hours, because you've got to read the book, edit the podcast, do the podcast, blah blah blah. And she's like, I can't believe 
you get nothing in return. I was like, yeah, sometimes they share it on social media, like the episode, sometimes not. She goes, no, 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 this has got to stop. So, so I think in terms of the podcast, I'm definitely at the selflessness at, and at that end there. I do a lot for people. I put a lot of hours in. I put a lot of content out there. I'm relentless. And don't get too much in return in terms of what I would consider like, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty happy with it. But speaking to her, she's like, no, you should be demanding more because I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And then in real life, like, traveling this year is such a grateful position and don't get me wrong wouldn't never trade it for anything else it's very lucky someone said to me today you've done something in a year that people don't do in a lifetime so yeah okay it's hard when you're in this phase now afterwards when you're trying to find a job and stuff but in, <laughs> but in terms of like real life yeah I've been quite selfish because I'm like last 10 years no I'm gonna live in this country this country this country and then do all these things so I've got this like trade-off here where almost like professionally I'm a bit selflessness I'm like I'm not selfish enough, but in past life, I'm probably too selfish. So I'm mm. trying to like work out how to get them both in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or swap even. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I've, I've long considered, so the first 100 episodes I had guests, right. Yeah. And, and like, I was just trying to build a, build a content base. Yeah. So, you know, really I, I was just like, please be on my show, please be on my show. But at the same time too, like, and you probably like I pitched you to be on the show, so I you know I wanted wanted to to chat with you and wanted to talk to your audience, but you know I I get pitches and I'm like I don't I don't want to talk to this person. Oh yeah, yeah. And the people the that I want to talk to, <laughs> yeah, people that I want to talk to, I reach out to and say I want yeah. to talk to you, and so I, I'm kind of going into this mindset of if somebody pitches me, I might say yeah you can be on my show, but since you reached out to me. Like it's going to cost you. You're going to you're going to have to pay to be on my show. Uh, you know, I've talked okay. to I've talked to people about that, and they're yeah. like, uh, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And some people said, "No, that's kind of a that's a slippery slope that you're that you're on." Right. So I don't know. So I have now just gone to doing solo episodes. I have my co-host Matt Hazard. So because I I did solo episodes for a while, and they just didn't have the same energy as when you're talking to somebody. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I asked Matt, I'm like, hey, dude, do you want to be a guest? He's like, just come be my co-host on the show. and We can, you know, banter. And and I told him, in exchange, you get free coaching. So I'll walk <laughs> you through all the things yeah. that I do with my clients and you get free coaching. He's like, yeah, that sounds great. So it's a lot of fun to have him on the show. But I have now, I guess, gone from the selflessness of having guests on the show and for free to featuring myself. So mm -hmm. now I am featuring myself. I am the expert in the yeah. room. And, and, you know, I, I, I like doing that, but at the same time too, I do miss having conversations with guests. And there's like a whole list of people that I want to talk to that like I would have to reach out to and say, will you please be a guest on my show? Like <laughs> Adam Grant, I want Adam Grant to be on yeah. my show. But, but then, then there are people like, like Adam Grant or who, you actually have to pay them of course. to be on your show. And it's like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not at that stage yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. I, I, I'm at the same stage as you where you can say no. I'm definitely in that stage where I've had lots of pictures to be on. And I'm like, you just don't. It's a weird one when people pitch because you're like, have you actually even listened or even read what this show is about? Because what your pictures are talk about is absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about so it's a strange one so I said no to quite a lot of people um so don't get me wrong like uh maybe that's 
the first part of selfishness on this podcast is i think yeah. after 100 episodes actually probably this year yeah uh, yeah i think you're, well, you're, you're, you're like for, 130 so yeah thank you for accepting my request so oh <laughs> uh, i like the pitch was great and it is a travel show but also there is a part of life to it um yeah. in terms of what you're pitching and what we're talking about now but also i think that does intertwine with travel because a lot of my listeners probably are either traveling or want to travel or have never traveled right but they're, but they're interested in how to do it or maybe a bit uh needs advice of like maybe they're stuck in a job in usa a lot, a lot of us listeners right so do they have two weeks off a year how can they maximize that like they don't like their job like i'm trying to see where that goes with helping those people out but yeah it has to be the right fit and i didn't grow up traveling either like okay I, we didn't our my family we didn't we took one vacation we mm. went to when i was in fourth grade we went to uh florida and we went to disney world epcot center whatever but I also sat through a timeshare meeting because that's how we got that trip. So oh. there I am in fourth grade sitting <laughs> with my two sisters and my mom and dad through a timeshare meeting. Yeah. So that was the only vacation we took as a family. Otherwise, like if we want, I grew up on a farm. Now, admittedly, mm -hmm. I didn't do much on the farm. Um, I wasn't, uh, my sisters will have never let me live that down. But, uh, uh, you know, when you're on the farm, you're, you got this is a patron shout out to Laura from the Swamp Soup Stickers, who has contributed £5 to the podcast on my Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it. And it helps the podcast to keep going in the future. If you're interested, head to the show notes where you'll find a link to my Patreon. The website address is patreon.com forward slash we're going to travel podcast. For five English pounds, you will receive some trendy stickers from myself and the post a shout out on each episode and also my digital travel planner by email. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Cows, you got to milk every day. Like mm -hmm. cows don't take, cows don't take a day off. So you really can't take a day off either. So my, my mom and dad just never could take a day off. We never traveled when I was growing up and like my dad is very much like, why would I ever leave this town? Like mm. this is, you know, there's the, every, I got everything I need here. So I didn't get a passport until I was 37. And oh, wow. the only reason why I got a passport is because my favorite band, Pearl Jam, was going to Europe. Oh, yeah. Seattle, I asked, yeah, yeah. And so I asked my girlfriend at the time, I was like, hey, do you want to go to Europe this summer for two weeks? And she's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I said, okay, here's the thing. We're going to be following Pearl Jam around. <laughs> she's like, that, that sounds fine. Let's do it. So we went to for over two weeks we went to like six different cities and it was a lot of fun and you know, that's kind of what sparked this wonderlust is this mm. to that that trip right there and all of my all of my travel experiences I, you know i don't think they really started until until at least my 30s but they all are revolve around pearl jam I've seen Pearl Jam 52 times in nine countries. So there are a lot of states that are involved in that too. A lot of cities in the United States that I've visited just because Pearl Jam was going. Right. But then I've also been to every major league baseball stadium. Okay. So that was a yeah. big bucket list item for me. Yeah. And then I've also paddleboarded all five great lakes. So those were like the, those were mm -hmm. like the big bucket list things for me. 
yeah. was to, you know, I wanted to get to 50 Pearl Jam shows. I've done that. Now I'd like to get to a 10th country to see him in a 10th country. I think that'd be cool. But then all the Major League Baseball stadiums and all of the, the Great Lakes. And now I want to paddleboard off the coast of every continent. So I've got four down, three left to go. So that's kind of my my next phase. But, you know, like I said, like I didn't grow up traveling. And then, you know, when I was 37, I finally got my passport. And I'm like, okay. But, you know, the thing is, in the United States, it's such a big country. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? And, and, but I think, too, like, I lived small. I, I worked in education, so I had my summers off. But I did teach summer school pretty much okay. every summer because yeah. I was trying to save money. I was trying to make money. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I might have a, a month off here or something like that, have my four weeks. So, Minnesota, or excuse me, I live in Minnesota. Minnesota is winter six months out of the year. Yeah, it's hot. So, why, why would I ever want to leave June, July, August? Those are the yeah. best months yeah. of the year. So, <laughs> it so didn't true. make sense. Yeah. It didn't make sense to leave during that time. And I think because I, I lived small that I thought small to travel somewhere over winter break and not be, not spend Christmas with my family. The first time I did that was 2019. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time that I had never spent Christmas with my family. And, you know, I, I had two weeks of Christmas vacation at that time, winter break at that time. I could have gone somewhere warm to, to visit or yeah. just somewhere different to explore, but I didn't. And you just, this idea of, of, Hey, you, you've only lived in Minnesota your entire life. So this is the only lens through which you see the world. You, you need to get out and see more of the world. So then that's kind of when I formulated this plan in 2021 to, you know, I, I had a dog and I didn't want to take the dog traveling because she was yeah. getting older. So I kind of said, as soon as she crosses the rainbow bridge, then I will make a plan to travel. So she passed mm-hmm. away in 2020. And so then I had a whole school year to plan my travel. Now, originally I wanted to do the Asia circuit, but they weren't open because of COVID. COVID, yeah. So I kind of, I had to look like where, what's open and where do I want to, where do I want to go? And Portugal was number three on my bucket list. So it went Japan, number one, Korea, number two, Portugal, number three. And Portugal was open. So I spent two months in Portugal And that is numero uno of countries. It is (laughs) Lisbon is my favorite city. It's just absolutely stunning. Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness gracious. I've never seen bluer skies in my entire life. The way that the Azulejos just shine off of the buildings and the tiles of orange and purple and yellow and blue. It's just incredible. It's just absolutely stunning. And in Porto, even though Porto is kind of run down, it is the most charming city I've mm. ever visited. Yeah. It's so incredible. And then I went down to the Algarve as well. And I mean, you just have limestone cliffs <laughs> overlooking the ocean. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> so yeah, it's just these, these really great experiences while it went in 2021. And then I went to Spain for two weeks. And then I wanted to paddleboard off the coast of Africa, and I found this surf camp just off the coast of Dakar, Senegal. It's called mm-hmm. Angor Island Surf Camp. 
and man, if you want, if you want to understand like, like, or if you, if you want to challenge yourself or feel like, okay, I, I need some inspiration to live more boldly, hang out with surfers. Surfers <laughs> are wild. Yeah. Surfers have no fear of anything. I don't know they how they no do fear it. Of anything. It's yeah. incredible. And so I learned a lot just from, like I said, a pretty high anxiety. So traveling and getting to and from, particularly in it, you know, I didn't know much about Senegal. So that was a, that was a challenge to me that, that stretched my comfort zone. I don't like this idea of get out your, get outside your comfort zone. I can talk about that if you want, but if, but this definitely stretched my comfort zone. And then just talking to those surfers, I was just in awe of how badass each and every single one of them <laughs> were. It was, it was it's so incredible. And men, women, it was just, I'm I just, I just looked at even like the women sometimes I was just like, Oh my God, like, yeah. you're such a badass. <laughs> it's so attractive. <laughs> Honestly, surfers, when you see that um, place in Portugal, is it the Nazare? Oh, Nazare, right. yeah. Nazare. Nazare. Um, yeah. I, I definitely would like to then. check that out. I, I can't get my head around it. That is a, cause I'm not great in water. So deep water scares me. I'm a bit of fearful of that. So the thought that I just want to go and ride that wave. I have no idea what even goes through their mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they, cause they, oh. they're like 20, 30 meters high. Oh. Right. I'm trying to do the oh. math in my head. Yeah. 20, 30 <laughs> meters high. Yeah. yeah that's it's crazy. Wild. I'm actually off to Portugal in a few weeks. That's my last, probably last part of the trip. I'm going to Madeira for a week. And Madeira looks what? incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Madeira and the uh, Azores, right? Yes. Azure Islands. I'd like to. I'd like to check those out. So in now, Europe, it, like during this winter time, mm, mm. most of the countries obviously in snow or cold weather. Southern Mediterranean, you might get mild weather, but if you want to go somewhere like warm to hot, you've got to go to like the Canary Islands for Spain or the Azores or Madeira, Portugal, which yeah. is basically off Africa, really. But yeah, they look incredible. And it's cheap yeah. off season. So cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I screwed up and I'm going to Seoul for two months. So I'm, you know, I, I, Seoul's not I, cheap. <laughs> it, well, actually, Seoul is cheap. Is it? Seoul okay. is for, for uh, a major city, Seoul is probably the most affordable. When you think about, uh, you know, Mexico City, of course, very cheap. Um, mm. But I was not a fan of Mexico City, which I oh. know is heresy to a lot of people. Wow. I know a lot of people who love Mexico City. Yeah. I was not a fan of it. Uh, if, if Send all your hate mail to Billy at MindfulMidlifeCrisis.com <laughs> if, you, if you are all about Mexico City. And if you didn't like Mexico City and you want to your, show your support and solidarity, send me a message there too. But no, uh, uh, Seoul is actually quite affordable. Okay. So in, in, in comparison to other major cities, what, you know, Seoul's got 20 million people of it. So you think about all the other cities yeah. that have mm-hmm. 10 to 20 million people. Seoul's one of the cheapest. And it's certainly of those far more developed. And yeah. you and I were talking about this, uh, this misconception that Seoul has that it's a boring city. Boring place. Yeah. Absolutely said, not. Uh, no, no, is it, it is incredible. It's, it's incredible. incredible. I, think, city. I think it's just got that sort of, or I've seen them travel on social media, that sort of reputation, like when people go South Korea, like, so, oh, yeah, it's just a bit like, oh, okay, well, we're, we're going to check it out and just have a look. And it was the opposite. It was definitely not boring. Well, I think people view it as the redheaded stepchild to the perfect child of Tokyo, right? Well, Tokyo's so great as well. Yeah. I think, and in, in I'm Seoul over Tokyo. I'm actually Osaka over Tokyo. Oh, wow. Osaka, is, Osaka has that's a crazy place. people. <laughs> 
they have the funniest people because there's this decorum that you see in yeah. Tokyo and it just doesn't exist in Osaka. They're so loud. They're so funny. They're so unruly. Ah, I love Osaka. I love Osaka and Kyoto is absolutely stunning. So yeah, yeah I actually preferred those to, to Tokyo. Now that might've been because I had just gotten to the end of this bouncing around and got to Tokyo and I was just frazzled. Mm -hmm. So, but for me, I need water. I need there to be okay. a body of water near yeah. me. And, and yes, Tokyo has, you know, it has the body of water that's over there, but you kind of have to work to get to it. That was the thing with Mexico city for me is there's and what's weird is it's built on a lake, yeah. right? You know, the aqueducts underneath it, but you, you don't see it. Yeah. So it's just dry land and development. And it felt, I felt claustrophobic while I was there. So mm, it, 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 it wasn't, uh, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And it, you know, if I missed stuff, I also got sick while I was there. Montezuma's revenge is alive and well. <laughs> uh, so that also <laughs> that impacted it. And I think too, I may have gotten altitude sickness because oh. you don't, you don't really realize just how high Mexico city is, but it's, so I, I I'll say it's 7,500 feet. Now you think about Denver, Denver is the mile high city. That's 5,200 feet. Yeah. So people can do the, the conversion rates here. If they're listening overseas, I'm sorry, I've got American math with me, but you know, but I, I think that the altitude may have done me in a little bit. So That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there's that, but you know, soul People don't recognize how, or don't realize, I don't think, I didn't know this, just how rugged of a country Korea is. Mm. And there's so much hiking that you can do, and you just take the subway Endless. to the, yeah, there's all these trails, all these mountains, and they're not yeah. giant mountains. They're like anywhere between 600 to 900 meters high in Seoul. If you want the higher ones, you can go mm -hmm. to Surakshan, but you just take the subway and boom, you're in the mountains, a 45 minute subway ride, and you are in the mountains. It's so easy to get out there. And then these, this beautiful river walk along the Han river. And then you get into like Cheonggi-chan that the stream that's in the middle of the city. Yeah. That's quite it's, it? it's so quiet down yeah. there. Seoul is amazing. If people are out there and they're like, I've thought about going to Seoul. What should I check out? Please message me because I'll get on a Zoom call with you, and I'll if 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 you go out there between December and January, I'll meet you in <laughs> in Seoul, and I'll show you around. I'll show you to all my favorite spots. I'll take you away from the touristy stuff because anybody can find that. I love Seoul. I absolutely love it, and I love showing people that city. My dream job would be a tour guide if I could. That the that Seoul travel goal. board. If they're oh, listening, I love it. Yes. Let me just have a job. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would love it. I would love it. And you know what? I am connected to them like remotely. So I, I, uh, okay. when I go back there, I may have to be like, listen, I'm very passionate about your city. I'm very passionate about showing people your city. Can I, can I show around English speaking visitors? I would, yeah. I would love that <laughs> because then uh, I could get a visa and stay there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's, it's got to be up there. One of my favorite cities this year, yeah. uh, probably what definitely top three and of all time. I was well, so surprised happy. by it. Yeah, yeah, that makes me happy because I, I, one of my one of the nicest things anyone has ever said to me is Billy. When you're excited about something, you want everybody else to be excited about it too. So I want people to be excited about Soul. So I love that you love Soul too. 
Yep, and it was not even planned. It was only picked because... Oh, God, hang on. I'm too excited. Um, <laughs> it's only picked because it's the cheapest place to fly over the water to Vancouver, right? Right, right, right. Tokyo was too expensive. Bangkok, Singapore, very expensive. But Seoul was the most reasonable one, I think that I would say. So I think, okay, we'll check it out. But my word, what a great decision that was. Yeah, yeah. How how long did you spend there? I think we spent six, seven days in Seoul, and then three or four in Busan. Mm-hmm. Busan, only because they have a beach, right? Busan's got the beaches, yes. great weather yeah. down there. Yeah, uh, Very, very chilled. So we want yeah. different um, aspects of South Korea. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, I kind of, I always like asking this question to people who travel a lot. And, you know, to me, I think Mexico City is is pretty overrated. I also think Barcelona is fairly overrated. Do you have any overrated cities that that you Okay. This is a great conversation. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Because my podcast is all about good stuff, right? And I I get it. I need to spread a good message. But there's some places I don't like. Mm. And I'll, I'll give you three or four overrated or places I didn't like. Now, the one I get the most heat about is Bali. I cannot stand the place. Oh, so okay. you said about all the haters for Seoul or whoever, like, oh, go to you. Bali, come to me. I did not like that place. I don't really like what digital nomads are doing to it. So it's a very mm-hmm. passionate dislike, not of the Balinese, but of the way mm-hmm. that people like, I guess like me, are going there and just changing the landscape. I don't think it's great. The Bali. Barcelona, I like the city but it's not as amazing as people say because i felt um yeah i felt um two things happened in barcelona which were really weird on the beach uh, i was hassled which is quite popular for I guess, beach destinations. And they obviously realised I was English and they said to me, do you want to buy this bracelet or whatever? I said, no, no, no. And I think you just said, oh, well, if you don't, I'm going to kill your family. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. That's interesting. And then in the in Las Ramblas, there was um, there's a group just there and the police were there. And someone said that there's a, there's a gun and you heard these like ricochets. I don't think it was bullets, but it sounded like it and people were just running to the shops. That was a weird experience. And um, that's a bit strange. And then I just think Barcelona is great if you get into the less touristy spots, if you can sort of find those little streets and keep away from those like areas. I don't know. I just felt a bit unsafe, actually, if I'm honest. So there are two. Uh, I bet how, how controversial can I go here? Regina or Winnipeg in Canada? <laughs> I've never Sorry. been, so I don't have an opinion. <laughs> Very um, don't hate them, but don't love them for sure. And Sao Paulo, I didn't like in Brazil. Okay, okay, I haven't been to South America yet, so that's uh, that's one of the continents that I'm looking forward to visiting at some point in time. I'd like to paddleboard off the coast of Cartagena, and I'd like yeah. you know, I think just kind of doing the the circuit of Peru. And then over to Argentina. And then, you know, I have a friend that's actually 
in January, going to Patagonia, mm. and then taking the cruise to Antarctica. Oh yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, from an Ishwai, awesome. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's that's so wild. So excited to to see those un- adventures unfold for her. But mm. she travels, she travels. So it's uh, it's really <laughs> cool. But but I mean she's she's very intentional so i think kind of going back to what we were talking about before like she works really really hard and then when these big opportunities come up for her to do the like she went to she's hiked kilimanjaro so she was in africa for like two three weeks i think and did like an alaskan trek one time and now she's doing like this month-long trip so but she's really intentional about okay i'm i'm gonna work really hard she does hair you know so she she yeah. makes sure that she that Always her appointments that. are set up and taken care of ahead of time and then she does these trips so it's it's i think there there is a way to balance it now there's i can't remember oh, i think it was an uh, ep- episode with adam grant on his podcast where they talked about that it's actually healthier for us to take like a one or two week vacation every two months than it is to take like a long month or two month long mm. vacation mm. all at one shot. So it's actually, you know, just that, that those moments of, of spreading out yeah. those vacations I agree. are really, really crucial. That's then, tough though, know, right? Cause in the real world, like who gets, I don't know six seven weeks eight weeks because like where you're from right people get two weeks yeah i think well i think i mean it's it's generally four so i think most people get about four weeks vacation yeah 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 two to four weeks vacation i think people people get in the in the united states you know what i haven't worked in corporate america so i'm kind of (laughs) you know I, i worked in school and so people were like oh teachers never work and it's like well, <laughs> there is a, re- I have to deal with your shitty kids. That's why they give me yeah. the summers off. So. <laughs> can, can we touch on that very quickly? Why? Sure. You mentioned why before you left, but like, how did you come to the decision that to quit your career after 20 years, I think it was, to put a plan in place to leave that job? Because I guess, or I assume that you're very good at it. You knew it. But obviously, there must have been something personally that just you just felt you had to leave it. There must have been a big decision, and how did you plan for that? Well, there wasn't really a plan. Uh, you know, like I said, it just wasn't going to be a way for me to transition back t- to that position after I had traveled around yeah. for for that time. Um, I had experienced, you know, when you're the dean of students, nobody likes the dean of students. So <laughs> you're always the bad guy. You're always the yeah. bad guy. I was always delivering bad news. You know, students hated me because I suspended them. Teachers hated me because I didn't suspend a student when they thought they should have been suspended. And then parents, you know, are, are, they're advocating for their kids and they can't see things objectively. So they, yeah. they sometimes they lash out, right? So I was always the bad guy and I was the subject of some pretty nasty social media harassment. Right. To the point that I actually had to involve the police because this yeah. was this was running rampant. So, you know, it was just uh it was time for me to go. And what's that the the students, are they sort of like I know we have different grades and stuff 
compared to the UK and the way you word oh, it. Are 14 they... to 18 years old. Okay, so they're, they're high school. They're not like um, yeah. post, post-secondary university. No, yeah, no, this is 14 to 18 years old. So, you know, in so we, we would call freshmen or 14 to 15 year olds. Okay. And that's, I mean, particularly 14 to 15 year old boys, man, oh. that is a, that is an interesting breed. <laughs> like 14 to 15 year old boys should, I mean, it's Lord of the flies. That's what it is. <laughs> it's Lord of the flies. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that I wasn't stabbed with a spear or had a giant boulder dropped to my head at some point in time. And, <laughs> And, and, you know, I joke about that, but there were days that when I walked into the building yeah. you know, that I thought oh, I might not come out, you know, oh. and, and, and people were really, really, you know, students were really upset about one thing or another because they, they got a consequence. And so being the Dean of students, they, a lot of it got projected towards me and, mm. you know, there were, like I said, there were days that, uh, that I, I was nervous, like. Am I am I going to come back out of the building here today? And I I knew like we had to do active shooter drills and and I mean that was that was uh, second nature. Like I coordinated the active shooter drills, but I also knew there were two spots in the building and that I had keys to that if uh, that if an active shooter came into the building, I that I would go to those spots. And I was the own there were one of three people who knew where those spots were. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was, that's where I was heading. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it, and listen, like I, I really, I had a lot of great experiences working in education too, but by that point in time, I had just burned out and I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't a, a big thing for me is surrounding yourself with the people who amplify the work that you're doing. And, and I had amazing colleagues, but when you're like I said, when you're always the bad guy, it's tough for students to kind of buy into what you're, what you're doing. Like I would have to sit down and have really hard conversations with, with students about, hey, right, you've got 15 missing assignments, so let's sit down and create a plan yeah. to get some of these turned in so that you can earn credit for this class. And some of it's stuff that I do with my clients. It's just saying, it's saying, hey, we got to prioritize here. What does that look like? Where do we, where can we instill some discipline, some structure, some consistency, so that we can get to where it is that we want to go? Now, with my clients, they've come to me and said, hey, mm-hmm. I would like to work with you because I like what you, what you say. I like how you say it. My students, they, like I would come to them and say, hey, we need to have a conversation. And if they didn't like who I was, and I think the reality is, I think people are like, well, if you're a good teacher, you're a good teacher. I, I have worked with some of the best teachers and there are students who are just like, I didn't like that teacher. And it's like, how could you not like that teacher? They're, mm. they're absolutely amazing. And I mean, you just, you know who you get along with and who you don't get along with. Some people you just jive with, some people you synergize yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, when it came to constantly delivering bad news, that, you know, I think people dreaded if they saw, oh, oh yeah. was Mr. Law, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they just, they walked in already in a bad mood. So then yeah. how do you, how do you deescalate that? 
you know, I would have, I would call up parents and they'd be like, now what did he do? And it's like, I'm actually calling to tell you that he did something good. Like, because <laughs> I, I think, I think we should balance it out here. So I would want you to know that your son did something worthwhile today that, that I, it makes me want to call you and say, Hey, tell them they did a good job. So they're like, Oh, okay. What, what else is going on? It's like <laughs> nothing. There's no other, there's no ulterior motive other than to tell you that they did a good job. So yeah, it's just, uh, you know, kind of navigating those situations, yeah, but it's tough. Uh, hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with T Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. I'm through that now and just kind of processing how that went. And I, I thought about you know, as we talked about before, if I go back into education, is that a loss? And maybe it's just the change of scenery. It could yeah. very well just be a change mm-hmm. of scenery. Yeah. And and that might shed new light or provide new experiences. So mm-hmm. and again, being open to that. Because if I go in bitter, yeah, then, yeah absolutely. then that's going to be palpable. And those yeah. students are going to feel that bitterness and they're going to be like, he doesn't want to be here. Well, then I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. So managing that. And again, that's a lot where that, that meditation practice comes into play and has really benefited me over the years. So when you left that role and travel has now come into your psyche, what were you thinking in terms of just like places to go to or experiences to experience? Did you have anything in your mind that's always been there? Like, oh, you know, one day I'd like to do this, or is it really off the cuff? And, or did you spend two months just planning things out? Like, how did you approach the next phase? No, I was really intentional around it. So the the original plan was to hit my my top countries. So I wanted to do Japan, I wanted to do Korea, and I wanted to do Thailand. So I could do those were three of the four top countries that I wanted to visit. Yeah. So I was hoping that I was going to be able to do that. And then with COVID, I just wasn't able to do it. So I did Portugal first. And so that was, you know, that was well thought out. And I'm like, well, if I'm over here, I might as well go to Spain and check out some parts of Spain too. And then I did some research. I'm like, is there a way I can get to Senegal from, from Madrid? And there was, and it was quite affordable. So I, I, I did that. So, mm-hmm. and, and those were all, again, very intentional. I wanted to paddleboard off the coast of Africa. Boom. I did it. I paddleboarded off the coast of Europe while I was there. So then when I came, I came back to the States and kind of regrouped for a while and went out to Seattle to visit my sister. And I was there for a month and I took a road trip to Oregon. Stunning. Harris Beach behind me. It's Harris Beach. So Seaside, Oregon. I hate even saying this because I, I want it to be my secret spot. Seaside, Oregon is incredible park your car on the beach and just watch the sunset it's it's just beautiful and then seaside has these cute little restaurants and stores 
no lie, the best food that I have eaten in the last two years has been in Seaside, Oregon. Mm. I it was so good. It was so good. Seaside is is just a top notch spot. And then went to Portland for a couple of days. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Portlandia. Um, but then when I got back, Thailand was still they still were, they were changing their COVID rules, and and so then they were saying you can't come in if. Uh, if you, you you can't come in after January 15th, well, I was going to be there January 25th. And I'm like, Ugh. and then they said, okay, you might be able to come in on January 15th. And I'm like, if, if you're changing your mind this much, this is just yeah. too much of a hassle. So yeah. I canceled my flight and I literally Googled mountains, uh, warm weather, ocean, cheap Metro transit. So I typed those five words into Google and Puerto Vallarta, Mexico popped up. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. All right. So I went to Puerto Vallarta for a month. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Puerto Vallarta is just an adventure land. If you like adventure, if you like hiking, if you, if you like, like zip lining, if you like the ocean, if you like warm weather, if you, I did these two taco tours that were incredible there. Puerto Vallarta. So I'm not I'm not dissing all of Mexico. Puerto Vallarta is amazing. And I think that's often overlooked because people will go to like Oaxaca or they'll go to the Yucatan yeah. area with yeah. Cancun and that sort of, no, Puerto Vallarta. And people like Cabo, Puerto Vallarta. Love, <laughs> love, love PV. So I went there for a month and then I came back to the States and that was when Korea announced that they were opening up to tourists. So the next day I booked my flight to, to Korea because I'm like, here it is. Let's go. Let's make it happen. And I was planning on spending a month in Seoul. So I did that. And interesting, I didn't like Seoul the first 10 days that I was there. Ah. It was hard because I was, because I was really the only tourist there. Yeah. And it was, you know, just the language barrier was really difficult. And, and you know, people on the subway were, they were quiet. They looked straight ahead. Nobody was talking on there. So it felt really sterile and cold. But then I met this group called Soul Share. And it's just this group of, of hikers. And it, it has shifted the course of my life. So hmm. shout out wow. to Soul Share. Uh, Soul has an amazing meetup community. So oh, okay. if you are going to visit Seoul for a week, check out their meetup community. I highly recommend Soul Share. They have it's all one word, Soul Share, and mm-hmm. it's Soul like the city. They're on Instagram. Give them a follow. Tell them Billy sent you. I actually organize events for them right now because oh, wow. that's that's huh. how I mean that's how much indebted I am to them. Yeah. But anyway, I was there for a month. And I loved it so much that when I went to Jeju, I went to Jeju for 10 days that while I was there, I'm like, I think I'm going to extend my time in Seoul. So I, I changed my flight. I booked an Airbnb. I went to Busan for a week. I went to Kangnung, which is the East coast. Okay. It's basically the, it's basically the California coast. Cause you've got the beaches there, the ocean and behind mm-hmm. you, you have Sorak San national park where you can go hiking. It's incredible beautiful, beautiful area. And then I went back to Seoul for a month. And like I said, I just, I loved it so much that I was like, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to sell my stuff. I went back to Seoul for three months, but I was over there. I'm like, well, since I'm here, I might as well go to Thailand. 
So I went to Thailand and I, I had always wanted to visit Singapore. So I did a week in Singapore mm -hmm. and I was looking at, well, should I go to, when should I go to Japan? And I had two weeks at the end of February and I'm like, it's going to be cold in Japan. So what about Vietnam? So I went to Vietnam for two weeks. <laughs> and so, I, so that was kind of winging it. To winging it, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. that was me winging it. <laughs> On brand. Yeah, yeah. But then when I got to Japan, it was the beginning of March and I was in Osaka for three weeks. And then when I got to Kyoto, it was cherry blossom season. There you go. Yeah. Cherry blossom season in Kyoto was a bucket list for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, just beautiful. Just beautiful. So it, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and then I wanted to go somewhere where it wasn't super touristy. So I went to uh, Kanazawa and in, that was a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. And then I went, and then Tokyo, and then I went back to Seoul for another two months and now been in Minnesota since July and oh, okay. That's a big stint. You know, yeah. So I, I took a, I went two weeks. I was going to spend a month in Mexico city, but like I said, it just wasn't my jam. So I went yeah. for two weeks and then I came back and when I came back, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't want to stay at my dad's long, but I also don't want to stay in the States because it's really expensive here and mm -hmm. I need a car and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, why don't I just go back to Seoul? So there we go. So next week I'm heading back to Seoul and then I'm like, well, life is cheap in Chiang Mai. Life is cheap in Hanoi. I know people there. Yeah. So like I said, a lot of this is about creating more stability in my life and connecting with, with people who I had met during my travels who, who enriched my life in some way because community is really, really important, especially mm. if you're a solo traveler. Yeah. And I want to touch on USA being expensive because I think a lot of people would listen or expect like it's cheap. Well, I thought that probably before I came to Canada uh, four or five years ago, I was like, oh, I'll go to USA. It's going to be cheap. It's like a dollar food. It really is expensive. And it's kind of shocked me over time, last four or five years. And then on this road trip for a couple of months, that apart from gas, which is actually quite cheap compared to the rest of the world, everything else is quite expensive. Um, maybe maybe on groceries and Walmart is quite cheap, but everything else like eating out, for example, or going for a, it's just really expensive. Like how is that? Has that changed recently? Do you think, or has that always been the case? Cause I think a lot of people would think, Oh yeah, America's cheap. Go there. So here's the thing. I think I'm more aware of it now that I have traveled to more affordable countries. You know, okay. Portugal is Portugal is fairly cheap. Spain is fairly cheap. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Seoul was fairly cheap. And then you go to Thailand, you go to Hanoi, and it was like you feel like a millionaire. Yeah. Right. So, so I think. But then I went to Singapore, and I'm like, oh yeah, things are pretty expensive here. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. But but you can. If you go to Singapore and if you if you eat out at the hawker centers, yes. it's actually it's yeah, actually quite cheap to, yeah, yeah. to eat there. But a hotel or Airbnb in Singapore is pretty expensive. Mm. Same within the States. Hotels and Airbnbs I have found to be really expensive. Now some people might be like, Well, why don't you just stay in a hostel? Because I'm forty six. And <laughs> yeah. I also I also record a podcast. So I can't have a lot of noise around yeah. me. Like I could I got my dad upstairs vacuuming and he's got Fox News on at stadium level the entire <laughs> time. So it's like so I have to go upstairs and tell him, Hey, I need you to turn that down. I'm recording right now. So 
I can't imagine having 20 something, you know, you know, having 10, 20 somethings. Yeah. yeah. And, and even if I had a private room, right, there's going to be noise and, and the communal kitchen thing, even though where I'm staying in Seoul has a communal kitchen, it's a really, really, really nice communal kitchen. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not like, usually there's no one down there cooking. So I'm not, uh, I'm not a big hostel guy. You know, I like having my own space. Yeah. So could I have traveled more affordably anywhere I went? Yes, I could have. But at what cost to like my own enjoyment? Right? Yeah, that's the thing, right? And, and people are like, well, you could have met people that way. Yeah, but I'm actually, I'm pretty good about meeting people when I'm out. Like my trick is if I hear English, I kind of just insert myself into the conversation. I'm like, oh, hey, where are you guys from? Da, 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 da. So I'm able to, and, and I'm, I'm a good read of character too, where people like go away from me, stupid guy. Then I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to continue on with them. But if they're in, willing to engage me in conversation and invite me into their group, then I'll join with them. That's why I like doing tours. There's all these free walking tours everywhere yeah, you go great. around the world. Mm. They're fantastic. And a lot of times you meet people and sometimes they're just your friends for the day, but sometimes they're like, Hey, let's go and, and do this. When I was in Lisbon, uh, I, I met a very lovely couple, a Brazilian couple who live in Miami and they were like, uh, yeah, let's, let's go hang out. And mm -hmm. they were fantastic. So I've met some of my best friends that way while traveling is just inserting myself into the conversation and saying, Hey, where are you guys from? And just eliciting that traveling conversation from there. And I think travelers, you know, I think a lot of travelers appreciate knowing who else is traveling as well. Who else is having that experience? That might yeah. be an assumption, but that's kind of the takeaway that, that I've had in, in the last two years. I think people who realize that they're doing also longer travel, not just like vacation, um, because you quickly go off in two weeks or a week, right? But yeah, I think when you start to realize, oh, they're, they're doing the same thing as me, I think we do gravitate towards each other because you can relate to the challenges as well as the good parts, can't you? And, you know, another thing, too, is like I'm a single guy, so you know, I, I use dating apps when I travel somewhere. And sometimes it's to find a little bit of romance. And sometimes <laughs> it's like you, you meet somebody, but you're like, oh, there's not like a romantic connection here, but you're yeah. super cool. Like uh, my, one, of, one of my best friends that I met in Lisbon, I met, we met on Tinder and we hung out and we're like, oh, there's like, there's like nothing romantic that's here, but you're super cool and let, let's hang out. So we ended up hanging out. And then I met this Italian dude who lives in, who lives in Sweden. So he and I were hanging out and I'm like, you need to meet my friend Carla who lives here. So the three of us would hang out. Yeah. And, and like a, a couple months ago, we had a zoom chat cause we just all caught up. Cause we were like, what's up with everybody? Like, how are you guys? And like, Chiro, he bought a house in Puglia, Italy. And he's like, I'm, I'm remodeling it right now. You guys need to come down next summer when it's all done. Okay. That <laughs> sounds awesome. I'm so glad that I made friends with you when I was walking back to the train station and I overheard you speaking English with somebody, <laughs> you know, it's just those kind of situations that you find yourself in. And I think that that's, and maybe, and I'm sure there's probably introverts out there who are like, ugh, but, but I also, as, as someone who's an extrovert who likes to connect with people, 
to me that I have found that the best experiences are when I share those experiences mm. with others. I've had yeah. a lot of fun experiences on my own, but I've had a lot of amazing experiences when sharing in those experiences with others. And so, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, whatever flips your menu, as we would say here in Minnesota, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. And for me, I like making those connections, but I'm also, I also try to be genuine about it too. You know, I'm not trying to be slimy. I'm not trying to be swarmy about it. If you yeah. don't want to hang out, I, I, I got it. We, we don't need to hang out, but if you seem cool, then in, in you want to go like Chiro and I would go to different coastlines in Portugal. And like, those are some of our best memories from that Portugal trip. And so I'm so grateful that he and I connected while we were walking back to the train station, because if I had just not made that connection, like there were a lot of things that he showed me in Portugal or in Lisbon to me that I had never heard of that I yeah. didn't know about. And those were some of my favorite days just because I, like it challenged me to get beyond just Lisbon. So I would cross the river and I would go to Costa de Caprica and I went to Simbrosa and we went to Cabo de Aspichel. Like we, it, it, had I not done those things, I went to Troya. Had he not talked to me about those, I don't know that I would have done that. So I think that's the beauty of connecting with others is that they introduce you to new experiences and new opportunities that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before. And then it's like, oh yeah, I, I want to, I want to try that. And that's the beauty of curiosity. And that's the beauty of connection. Yeah. Always say yes. I think is what I have said in the podcast, because I think um, <clears throat> if you say if you go traveling and you say no to a lot of things, it's quite kind of counterintuitive. I think you're, you're you're there to experience things and people, right? So the fact that people would turn up and then if someone like a local or whatever offers you an experience, you're like, nah. Well, I can see it. You might be introverted, but that's a quite that's quite a weird way to go about it. So I think people, if they get themselves out there and say yes to things, even if they don't like it, it's okay. You tried it. Don't need to do it again, but like, there's got to be some good size to it because you get to see new plays, meet a new person, have a new contact, whatever. There's got to be an upside to it at the very least that you just at least tried it. Well, I'll tell you something that I said no to, and then months later I said yes to. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> one within the first week that I was in Porto, Portugal. So this is the first week of this two-year excursion that I'm on. Yeah. And I had matched with a woman on Tinder and very attractive, but she was very forward. And she said, do you want to go for a car ride tomorrow? And I'm like, no, we, <laughs> we, have, we have not wow. met. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, That's quite forward. And, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> no, let's like, we can hang out, but let's, let's like go for a walk somewhere. And she's <laughs> like, okay. She's like, are you afraid I'm going to abduct you? And I'm like, we're probably not going to <laughs> just on the off chance, you know? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, we just, we hung out. We had a very lovely time and we like, we still, she now lives in Iceland. So she's like, come oh. visit me in Iceland. Yeah. Well, anytime. Yeah. But then months later when I was, uh, was, when I was on Jeju Island, you know, there's not a lot to see on the West coast of Jeju Island. Okay. 
Um, and so I had taken the bus around the East Coast and the South. And so, again, I had met a woman on, on Tinder, and she was a teacher, and so we, we had chatted. And she said, well, I'm going to be in Jeju City where I was. She said, I'm going to be in Jeju City. Do you want to go for a, a, a road trip on the West Coast since you haven't seen that? And so and by that time, I had had so many positive experiences with people that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that. So sure enough, she picked me up. We hit a couple of beaches that were absolutely stunning mm -hmm. on the, on the west coast of, and then we got down to the south coast because Jeju Island, you can drive the, or circle in that in maybe two hours. Like it doesn't take long for you to to get all the way around Jeju Island. So we did a little road trip. We got to the south end, and then she said, "Okay, well, I live over here. Here's the bus stop. You're going to take that to Jeju City. Oh. It'll take you about an hour and a half to get there." And I was like, <laughs> Thank you very much. So <laughs> I got on the bus and it was, it was a really lovely experience. So, and thank God that I had said yes to that because had I not, then there would have been a whole coast mm. of Jeju city that I had never seen these beautiful beaches that I had never seen the, the, a couple of hiking trails that I would have missed out on. She worked in global education city, which is like, it's kind of like all these school campuses down there. So she mm -hmm. showed me all the school campuses and they are state of the art facilities. It was incredible. So I was like, Oh, you know, the, the teacher and me was kind of nerding out on that. And so <laughs> we just had a nice time. And then she's like, all right, here you go. Get on the bus and head back. <laughs> It's like perfect. All right, what a per what a great way to spend the day, and so it's just you know it's those moments like that where if you if you are cautious but but then you know you take a, a calculated risk mm -hmm. and it it was just it was a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun experiences like that, and and you know I think that like I said that's the beauty of making connections with people. Absolutely, which kind of brings us on to your podcast and your brand um first of all what should we go with the podcast can you tell people what you do on the podcast what you talk about and how it is designed to help people yeah it's called the mindful midlife crisis it's a podcast for people navigating the complexities and possibilities of life's second half and i use strategies from what i call my no bs gps guide to purpose and passion and people are like, well, wait, you said don't follow your passions, right? I have a formula that I share with my clients and that, that, that circumnavigates that, that avoids that logic. So it's very, it's very sequential. So we talk mm -hmm. about your understanding, your strengths, weaknesses, and needs. And then from there, we explore your curiosities through mindfulness-based strategies. And then I help you find a community that can help you elaborate on on the experiences that those curiosities can afford to you so then to me that equals purpose then we understand what our purpose is so then how do we turn purpose into passion we multiply that by consistency discipline patience and self-compassion so then that turns into passion so the the guests that i have on i think you know for the first 100 episodes a lot of it was just kind of helping people. We talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about uh, social emotional growth. We talk about diversity. We talk about uh, uh, parenting. We talk about relationships. We talk about communication. So I have these experts come on and share their expertise with mm -hmm. the listeners. And 
if anybody needs a place to start, you can go to www.mindfulmidlifecrisis.com and under podcast, you can click fan faves. So that way you don't have to wade through all the episodes because I'm not going to lie. Not all of them are good. So <laughs> the, fan, the fan faves are, are, are the episodes that have received the most recognition so people can can check that out. But nowadays I'm doing, you know, more solo episodes and being very vulnerable about my experiences with anxiety and my struggles with my, with my own mental health and, and how I've navigated that. And, and it's not all sunshines and rainbows. So it, I mean, I, I'm, I talk about having a near and debilitating anxiety attack when I was in Shanghai because I didn't want to rent a scooter because I'd never rented a scooter before and I had never driven in a foreign country and I'd never driven on the opposite side of the road. So I was paralyzed by this fear. And so I, and it, it stopped me from renting a scooter for like two days. And then finally on the third day, it was just kind of like this, okay, all right, I'm going to do it. 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 But, but it was after a couple hours of, again, still that debilitating fear. Mm. So it's just sharing those experiences, right? And letting people know that you are not alone in your experience, that whatever you're going through, it's normal that you are having that, that, Feelings of, of doubt, feelings of remorse, feelings of regret, those things are normal. So this whole idea of live life with no regrets, that's nonsense. That's expecting you to live perfectly. Perfectly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is, regret is an amazing teacher. If you don't wallow in regret and you look at, listen, do I regret maybe, I, here, I'll tell you this, I regretted leaving Puerto Vallarta after three weeks. I, I, I should have stayed there another three weeks. Mm. So I did not make that same mistake when I had that same feeling about soul. So when I had that same feeling about soul, I extended my trip. Yeah. So it's, it's about listening to your gut, right? And, and how we can do a better job of that. But then also I walk people through how to live with more joy and how to sit with joy because we're taught how to handle difficult emotions, but we're not ever taught how to sit with happiness mm. and how to relish joyful moments, how to really appreciate and be present with those joyful moments. So we talk, I talk a lot about that as well, because this idea of get outside your comfort zone drives me nuts because why are we trying to get people outside of their comfort zone all the fricking time? Like, can't I just enjoy life where, like where I am and be present with where I am and treat comfort zone sort of like pizza dough where we push, we expand pizza dough. So we expand our comfort zone from within and we recognize where the dough is getting thin. So then we put a little more dough, we put a little more flour in that spot and people can use whatever metaphor they want for, for that. But what we want to be mindful of is when we start approaching a complacent zone. Yeah. So enjoy your comfort zone, people. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you now, go ahead and enjoy your comfort zone. But when comfort starts to transition into complacency, that's when you need to take some calculated action, some mm -hmm. intentional action. And that's, that's where I come in. So if people don't know where to start, 
that's I love doing that. And I love having free call. Like I do a free call. I love having those guys. I just had a call the other day with somebody and, and we just kind of outlined, Hey, you know, what is it that, where do you, where do you want to be? And how long do you, are you okay with living with where you are right now? Because where you are right now is a means to an end. If yeah. we are able to see it as such, but we can move forward as long as we understand where we are right now, what skills do we possess? What weaknesses are getting in our way? What are some needs that we need addressed? What are you curious about? And who are the people who can, you know, uh, uh, accent that, that, that those curiosities, who can amplify those curiosities, who can provide you with opportunities to explore those curiosities. And then from there, we can, then we can work in kind of the structure and the routine. Because I like structure, I like routine, especially if you are a digital nomad. Like, <clears throat> it's tough. really easy to just, to, to not be in a structure and not be in a yeah. routine and just say, well, I'm just going to go hike today. And I'm mm. going to go hike tomorrow and I'm going to sit at the beach the next day. But then if you got work that you need to do, when do you yeah, schedule yeah. that in? So yeah. that's where that discipline comes in. That's where that structure, that's routine comes in. And letting go of some FOMO. And I'll be the first to tell you <laughs> that letting go of FOMO is, is my biggest area that I need to that I need to improve is just letting go of FOMO. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, again, I think the awareness of, okay, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on, on something right now, but what's here? What's mm. in this moment now? And just kind of coming back to that. And do you think, we're keen to get your interest in this, do you think that people use travel as a way to rectify those problems when actually in, in real terms it doesn't personally? Because like... Yeah, we want experiences, but let's say you're really struggling. I've been guilty of this, and I think going away for six months is going to solve everything because I feel this way now. But come six months' time, got to go back, and it's not. It's going to be the same thing again, right? Starts all, all over again. So, do you think sometimes people use travel as a way to, again, I don't like the term "find yourself," and they try and find themselves, and then end up actually not finding anything about themselves. They have a great experience for six months, but then come back to the same position. Do you think people are a bit guilty of? romanticizing travel to help you in your personal life. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Eat, pray, love. Like, <laughs> yeah. People, yeah. people ask me all the time, is this your eat, pray, love? No. Cause I hate that book. I think it's ridiculous. Now, yeah. if people want a book that, that it kind of covers what we we're just talking about here, there's a book called leave only footprints. And I think it's by Connor Knighton. It's beautiful. It basically, he went and visited all of the national parks in the United States within mm -hmm. one year. But it's very reflective. And, and it's not nearly as pretentious as Eat, Pray, Love. But I think what happens is people forget that wherever you go, there you are. So, so I mean, you can travel overseas, but if you're carrying... That, that baggage that you have, that, that emotional baggage that you have not processed. And here's the thing. Sometimes a change of scenery is what you need in yeah. order to process it. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just need to get away from whatever that toxic place is, mm. right? You just need a break from it. Or 
you need to you need to be forever away from it, right? So mm-hmm. you seeing me, so maybe you go somewhere and you see it differently. But then I think that's where that intentionality comes around, where it's like, are you just filling the day with events and not taking time to sit in reflection? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm I'm guilty of that because for for a lot of this travel is filling the day with events. So now I'm trying to spend more time in reflection and understanding like why, what is my motivation for going here? What is my motivation for going here? And not necessarily what my intention is because my intention for this travel is just basically to get in adventures and meet people. And I've been doing that. But then in doing those two things, those experiences have enriched my, my personal growth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, could I, could I have enriched my personal growth even more had I journaled or had I, I mean, I was doing therapy and I think anybody who is, do, for the first year I didn't do therapy mm-hmm. and the second year I did, I think and my biggest, I think one of my biggest regrets in that first year was not doing therapy or not working with some sort of coach in some capacity to help me process what was going on because I was in all these new places, but I was bringing the old problems in my mind with me. Yeah. So it was really difficult for me to be present in these amazing places because I had all these thoughts that I had brought over the ocean with me. Now, so I, you know, I think. I think people need to be mindful of if you're going to do something like this, you know, what, what is your motivation? What is it that you want to, to get out of this? Uh, in episode 36 of, of our podcast, we talked to Dr. Yvette Erasmus about exploring uh, or finding yourself through, through journey, right? And self-exploration. And she asked me, what's your motivation? What is it that you want to get out of this trip? And I think my response was just something like, like, I want to dance again. Like I, I, I've had so much, I've had so many scrutinizing eyes on me from students mm-hmm. judging that, that there's, you know, there's little T trauma that's from that, mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like I got to live out loud. And so, you know, I like being a fool. I like, I like <laughs> dancing around. I like, I like being silly but I felt like I couldn't be any of those things for a long time. And so I'm trying to get back to that. And that's why I love soul so much because that community allows me to be my authentic self, which is a word, the authentic self. It makes me want to puke every time someone says (laughs) it, but I get to be my genuine authentic self in those moments. And I'm accepted for it. And, and, to me, I think that that maybe is the motivation, like, like find, and it doesn't necessarily need to be external, but you find a group of people, you find some experiences that shape who you are, but then you take time to reflect on how those experiences and how those people have shaped who you are. The podcast serves as therapy for me. Because mm-hmm. I talk about the people that I meet and I talk about the experiences that I've had. So, so if you're going to do that trip, 
I think a absolutely have fun first and foremost. Yeah, fun is key. Fun. Yeah, have fun, but then also spend some time in reflection mm-hmm. and 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 create a time to do that. And it doesn't have to be a journal. It doesn't have to be a vlog. It can just simply be present with what is, what is coming up for you, because then you can be more mindful of what you're bringing into that day's experience. Mm-hmm. And do that a couple times. It, and it, it could be a five minute check-in. If you are on a subway, that's a perfect time. Take the earbuds out and just be present with what is while you're on the subway. And that's something that I've done more and more in Seoul. Seoul provides a lot of opportunities because there's a lot of metro transit there. So Seoul provides a lot of opportunities for me to simply be on the subway and be present with what is as I'm going to, you know, whatever event or whatever thing that I'm that, you know, if it's a hike or something like that, if I'm meeting up with friends, what am I bringing with me in that moment? And then I can process through that and just say, all right, now that I've kind of had this, maybe this catharsis and sometimes the catharsis is tears, right? Like sometimes the catharsis is tears, but then you have that catharsis and it's a lightening of the emotional load where you are then able to be present and you are able to be truly engaged in what is without having your mind be a distraction because your mind is already a distraction enough. Yeah. So, so how do we, how do we be intentional around being mindful and it takes practice and it, like I said, it takes intentionality. Everybody drink every time I say intentional in this episode. (laughs) 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 Do you know the weirdest and most unique aspect of like this type of thing that I've heard is I interviewed uh, an author who spent time with extreme travelers and I asked him I said these extreme travelers who want to go to every country in the world now on, on the face of it, it seems quite shallow it's a competition they're trying to go bam 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 and I was like oh and I said to him how do they do it and how do they keep saying and he says it's because they love home and it's like it's a bit of a mind fuck. Like, well they love home but they're always out going to different countries it is yes but they come back to where they live a lot of them are Americans so they come back to the house and I love being at home. He said that skill alone, it means they're not always doing it for, I guess, a degree, the sake of it, if you exclude a competition out of it, because they go to a country or two countries for a trip, come back, and they love staying at home for a couple of weeks or three weeks or a month, and they'll go off again. So that's a bit of a weird way of, I know these guys are extreme, but like, oh, yeah, they can come back and love where they are normal in normal life, yet they still go out and travel like 10 countries a year. But, yeah, just an interesting take. Well, no, I love that. That really hit hard for me because Minnesota doesn't feel like home anymore. Mm. So Seoul feels like home. Mm-hmm. So I, as you're saying that, there is a joy in going back to Seoul. Yeah. It also reminds me in that Roadrunner documentary of Anthony Bourdain, and he's talking to Josh Homie from the Queens of Stone. Yeah. And, and Josh says, uh, uh, there's nothing better than coming home and there's nothing better than leaving home. The bittersweet curse. Yeah. 
And it couldn't be, I think that speaks exactly to what you were just talking about right there. But yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of the thing is that like for me, Minnesota doesn't feel like home anymore. The United States doesn't feel like home anymore. Mm. Now in the real world, uh, this is difficult because it's all based on visas, passports, et cetera. In a, in a fantasy world where there's no borders and you can go anywhere, I'd imagine a lot of people would go to where they feel the most comfortable and that view is obviously sold, but from what I've heard anyway. Um, for me, it's still a mystery. Uh, I'm still trying to find it. Uh, I've got to say Vancouver because I've probably spent the most time here as an adult um, mm. living. Um, but obviously the home is where I grew up. So that's kind of, but they both don't feel home in a weird way. Yeah, it's a strange one. And I guess what he was going with is like, imagine you're in their shoes. Like you're in bonus territory every time you go away because you can come home and you, and you love it. I'm like, oh God, well, that's, that's almost a dream almost. If you can find your happy place in both types of different aspects of your life. Right, right. Well then, you know, I, I think... I think about like the this restlessness that I feel. Yeah. Is it is it because I don't I you know I I used to say um I've overstayed my welcome in Minnesota. And my therapist reframed that and said that 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 seems very defeatist. Seems mm-hmm. like it seems like Minnesota is kicking you out. Maybe let's reframe it to that you have done all that there is to that you need to do in Minnesota. That there's not there's nothing more left for you to do in Minnesota. And and I like that reframe. And you know, I, I think about where where do I feel most at home? Obviously, Seoul is where I feel the most at home, but where I feel the most productive is in Minneapolis. So you know, there's a Rob Durdick from ridiculousness fame he is incredibly regimented in his daily routine it is wild and that dude Mm. is so productive and so intentional about what he does but he has kind of this this what he calls kill mode and chill mode and i'm trying to find I'm right now I'm trying to kind of figure out where am I? Am I in kill mm. mode or am I in chill mode? And I think right now, having come back from, from Mexico City where I was sick and I like I just really didn't feel well. I felt run down. Mm-hmm. These last few weeks have been a chill mode for me. So I haven't been as productive. I've tried to move things forward. But the goal then when I get to Seoul is to be in that zone where I am creating content. Yeah. Because again, I don't have to be the tourist. I am in a city where I feel very comfortable. I'm going back to the same Airbnb that I've been to the last six months. Mm -hmm. So all of that is familiar to me. The neighborhood is familiar to me. I know where everything is. So, I'm just going back into this zone of production and creation. And I'm really going to work on consuming less and not taking in so much, but putting more output out there. 
because like I said, you know, it's kind of do or die time for me. It's the sink or swim time because I'm, I have, I have put myself on the clock. So I have to navigate that pressure that I'm putting on myself, but I also have to be, uh, uh, I need to make sure that I am utilizing whatever skills and whatever resources are going to be the highest return on investment for me so that I can continue living this lifestyle. Interesting. Because digital nomadism is not only a journey of, I guess, working and travel at the same time. That's the basic concept. I assume that you're also trying to find that it's not only one place to imagine. There's places in the world where you know that if you go there tomorrow for a month, like you said, for Seoul, you can be productive and you love the area. It's somewhere new. You probably still do some day trips here and there in that month. But, you know, work-wise, it just something happens there. And I wonder if a digital nomad, they're trying to find those places. Now, do I think Bali is forced upon people? Yeah, because you see it on social media all the time, like all this community digital nomads are there. I'm like, are they there just because they feel they should be there or do they really want to be there? You know, it's interesting that you say that because I have thought about, because I looked at like, where are the, because Southeast Asia in summer is brutal because yeah. it's wet season, wet. Yeah, yeah. but but South, or excuse me, Bali in July and August is pristine. It's actually the best months to go uh -huh. visit okay. Bali. So yeah. I thought about maybe I'll go visit Bali while I'm down or while I'm, while I'm over on the side of you the should. world. Yeah, go and see it. But the, I th I think the 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 should or you know the the looking uh, at everybody else and yeah. I, you know that I'm kind of like I, but it doesn't speak to me like yes it looks incredible but is it am I going because I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses of mm. digital nomads and say oh yeah Bali. <laughs> so it's almost kind of, I have, uh, I've never eaten at White Castle and I, I want that on my tombstone. He never ate at White Castle. <laughs> I think I also want on there. He also never went to Bali. Well, tonight for me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just kind of, I think it's just kind of a matter of, of principle, right? It's kind of, it's kind of yeah. things like if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go because I want to go and not because I feel the pressure that I quote unquote should go or that I have to go. Mm. It's something that I want to truly experience. And I had a hard time even going back to Chiang Mai because I'm like, well, I already spent two weeks there. Why would yeah. I go back? To... Mm. But the thing is, I need to be in a city that I've been to before so that I can focus. Yeah, and this is the beauty of this lifestyle is you can choose where to go at any point of the year if you have an income on the road, right? Or buy it by internet, basically. You just need a laptop because you can choose these places. And it's a refreshing thing to see when I see Digital Nomad and they're currently somewhere that's not cliche because um, it, it means it's genuine. Like an example, I was doing research and travel podcasts and there's one called Zero to Travel by Jason. Uh, I messaged him because I wanted to come on the podcast. I don't know if he will, but he is a Digital Nomad as well. But he's based in Oslo. I'm like, that's great. Because one, it's bloody expensive in Norway. Probably the most expensive place in Europe. So two, he obviously loves it. Because in theory, as an additional nomad, why would you base yourself, based on what you see on social media, in somewhere that's expensive? Because you go to Bali, or it's cheap. So it's like, that's refreshing to see. I'm like, oh, there are people there who generally go to places because they want to be there, not because they feel they should be there. So I think that's part of the journey of not only trying to get work and 
be remote, but also trying to find those places. But I would add a third thing to that. And this is what I've learned this year in my travels is you need a home base as well. I think personally, this is maybe a personal thing. Like we talked about this travel this year and like we can't go anywhere just to be ourselves. That's ours because we don't own a property. Now I get it that people are like, oh, it's okay. You bounce, 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 bounce. But like, I'm like, but I want two months at home. Why don't I do that? So that's where I'm, I'm finally able to sleep in yeah. my own bed. Yeah. After two years, I loaned my bed and my loaned my mattress and my bed frame to a friend of mine and his oh, yeah. Yeah. 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old kid slept in it for two years. And then when I came back, I was like, Hey man, I think I'm going to get my bed and, and bring it back to my dad's. And so sure enough, we packed it up. We moved it back to my dad's <laughs> and I've been sleeping in that bed ever since. It's like, Oh, this is the life. This is yeah, the good this is right you, here. you just need that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I love travel, don't get me wrong, but sometimes don't you th- don't people feel like they just want to go back to a base and uh, yeah, it's easier said than done because property is expensive and our generation are gonna struggle to buy anything at this rate. But if it's a possible thing to do, then I can see why people would get a property under their belt just so they can just chill out and not feel the pressure, have to go somewhere else. Right, um, right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, I would I listen, I It'd be great if I still had my condo in Minneapolis that I could always come back to. The only problem is that, you know, when you're traveling, then you're paying two rents. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, you can't really rent it out. And then, you know, mm. when you come back, be like, hey, you guys got to, uh, you guys got to find a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> I could, if I could find a, a duplex and rent out one side and then maybe airbnb the other side while i was traveling that would be ideal but even now like interest rates are really high so it's there's no no need to no need to to buy anything at this point (laughs) yeah and where can people find yourself and your podcast and your brand uh, if they want to get in contact and have a chat with you yeah. So the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. It's mindful underscore midlife underscore crisis. You can follow and listen to the mindful midlife crisis podcast, wherever you get your podcast, you can email me at Billy at mindful midlife crisis.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. I like connecting with people on LinkedIn oh, quite a bit. I'll find you. Billy, it's Billy Lar L A H R. If you are interested in learning more about meditation, I do weekly meditate and mingle sessions every Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Now, if you're listening to this in some other part of the world, you might have to do the math. I'll tell you now that 8 p.m. Central Time is not super conducive to those of you who live in Europe. But uh, but I, I might be opening up another session that'll be on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Korean time. So that would be sometime in the morning for those of you in Europe. So yeah. you can do the math on that one. I can't remember what it is in terms of, of doing that. I know that a lot of you might be working, but if you're digital nomads and you're a traveler, and I'm guessing that's probably the audience here, mm-hmm. you can check that out. So. How do you find that? You can go to www.mindfulmidlifecrisis.com. That's the website. And up at the top, just click on where it says uh, join, meditate, and mingle. It'll take you to an information page. If that's your jam, sign up and you'll get an invitation to join those virtual sessions. It's a lot of fun. I have people from all around the world 
who come to those sessions. I've got a group of regulars who come now. So it's, 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 a, it's a good time. And like I said, I practice meditation so that I can be this level right here. You know, I run in the red a lot. So I try to practice meditation. So I'm in the orange and in the yellow and try and find those moments of blue and green where I'm just like, oh, this is so chill and I'm relaxed right here. So I love doing that, especially for those of you who are digital nomads out there. And if you're struggling with that isolation and you're struggling with that loneliness, let's connect in some capacity. Let's just have a conversation. Let's talk. I mean, I didn't really, we'd been talking for two hours here. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is a lot of fun. I mean, we can, yeah, we can have, so good. it's great to have conversations with travelers out there and, and don't be afraid to, to be vulnerable and open up. And, and especially if you're struggling with, with your mental health and you're feeling low, look at options, things like better help or let me know and maybe i can help you with with things too if if i'm not the right person maybe i can direct you in the right mm. direction so reach out to me i love knowing who listens to these kinds of podcasts and if you made it this far congratulations <laughs> yeah. i applaud you because there was a lot of ranting and raving in this episode for me <laughs> that's why i do long form right to get these yeah, uh, yeah, these yeah, emotions yeah. out yeah yeah okay i'll put the uh, links in the show notes so people can click on those so It'd be easy for them to find you. Don't worry about that. And we're going to finish the episode with some quick fire travel questions. These are normally some of your favorite things you've seen on your travels, which would be quite cool. So I'm going to kick off with... It's travel question time. Your top three favorite countries that you travel to. Yeah, so it's I like breaking them down in the cities because I, I've been to a bunch of different cities throughout. So I'll say, well, Portugal is number one. Portugal's yeah. number one, Korea's number two, and then I did really like Thailand. Thailand has the best food of oh, all. Number one. Thailand has My the best food. Okay, as you so, talk about food, stop there. Yeah. Top three favorite cuisines worldwide. Ooh, so the uh, khao soy, then you get that in northern Thailand. Yeah. It is it is like a, a coconutty soup and they throw a chicken leg in there oh my god it's in <laughs> absolutely incredible absolutely incredible and then number two it has to be the uh, green curry chicken in thailand just one of my absolute faves i love it and then uh, Jige in oh. south korea so Jige is army stew people are gonna laugh because you're gonna be like what so it's ramen, it's cut up hot dogs, it's spam, it's sausage. <laughs> they throw it all in there and you're like, are you, are you, no, it is delicious. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you watch, no, no, trust me, it's, it's my favorite. And if you like spicy food, it's so good. It's delicious. And if they feature it on somebody feed Phil in the soul episode, so you can check uh, it out right. right there. Yeah, I watched some of this stuff. Yeah. It's so, so amazing. Bude Jige check it out it's so good so so good okay and let's do the top three favorite cities you mentioned that before okay so top three it, it's lisbon seoul and then uh so here not necessarily in my top three but an underrated city yeah please is toronto oh, i did not love that answer. toronto i love toronto it is a fantastic i loved it when i was there city. it's a t fantastic food city yeah. incredible food city underrated mm. food city so yes toronto is is my sleeper pick in there oh, oh I, wow. I, I really really enjoyed it yeah 
Okay. And what about three countries you've not traveled to that's next on your hit list? Yeah, good question. So uh, uh, Costa Rica, I definitely would like to visit Costa Rica. Uh, just somewhere in South America, because I want to paddleboard off the coast of, of mm -hmm. South America. And I would like to do New Zealand, but I don't know that I want to oh. do that one solo. That's not a solo travel expedition for me. Okay. Um, I think I'm kind of getting to the end of solo travel. So uh, female digital nomads out there, if you are <laughs> listening, you can send me a message. And uh, maybe if we hit it off, we can go explore some more places throughout the world. I just, uh, I, I've been solo traveling for a while now. It'd be nice to travel with somebody who I enjoy being around and who can put up with my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what about a city in the world to drink a coffee and watch the world go by? Where are you going to sit and watch? Ooh, I like that question. So if I'm just going to sit and watch the world go by, I mean, it, it's so easy to say, sit along the Han River in Seoul. In, in, you can go there and, and watch the, the Bompo Bridge Light and Water Show. It's just so beautiful. And then you can, you just see the, or you can climb up the Inwangsan and see the city from the mountain and go there around sunset and see the sunset and then stick up there for the city lights to come on. And you just, nothing lights up at night like Seoul. Nothing lights up like Korea. It's, it's just absolutely incredible so i mean clearly i'm i'm biased i have this love affair but i'll also go back to i kind of had a moment like this in lisbon where i was sitting along the river and i was looking out over the bridge that looks just like the golden gate bridge yeah that one yeah. but i was sitting along the river and it, i mean it was kind of a popular might have been even been a touristy spot there but people were were coming and going and and having drinks and i was just sitting there and watching the sunset and taking in the the scenery yeah it, it it's incredible and if you want somewhere where there's to do that where there's nobody around for to me the most memorable sunset that i ever had or I ever that I ever witnessed was i was on the beach of troya which is about an hour and a half away from lisbon and I looked to my left and I looked to my right and there was nobody, nobody on that beach. And I had that sunset all to myself. And it was just really incredible to, to experience that because the colors of the sky that night, I mean, it was just purple and orange and blue and these beautiful radiance. And, and it was just a really magical moment. So yeah, I would say those three spots and, and mm -hmm. you know, I love, I love helping people plan these kind of trips and helping <laughs> people have these kinds of experiences. So that's another thing too. If you need someone to plan out uh, a week long trip for you in one of these cities, let me know. That's like, again, it'd be a dream for me to do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about three places? I didn't ask this earlier, actually. Three places that you didn't like or yeah. Yeah. It's just go didn't like. Yeah, so I, you know, Mexico City, mm -hmm. it, it it didn't resonate with me. Barcelona, and then, 
St. Petersburg, Florida can go fuck itself. I do not like St. Pete's at all. It was just, I have, I have no desire to ever go back to St. Petersburg, Florida. That did not, was not enjoyable at all. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this then. If you could pick one country in the world to go and live for a year, I'm going to exclude here that they not lived in before, but I'm going to have to exclude USA and Korea because I think you would go there. Yeah. They're given. So another one that you maybe think, oh, do you know what? I'll try that for a year. Where are you going to go? I, I'd probably go back to Portugal. Mm-hmm. I, I do I do love Portugal. Um, but, I, you know, I would be... I was going to say Costa Rica, but I don't know. That seems pretty off the grid. So I don't know how off the grid I want to be. I love Metro Transit. Okay. So I I could see myself doing like Valencia, Spain. Train. Yeah. yeah I've never been. I've never been. I wouldn't mm. mind checking out Valencia, Spain. And or Prague. Man, I do love Prague. That was that was incredible city too. But if I'm gonna live somewhere for a year, I'm really trying to avoid winters. So, yes. so I, you know, I yes. so maybe somewhere, maybe somewhere Mediterranean or or a bit more tropical. Uh, Chiang Mai too. You know, I I I would love to. I think I could, I can make that happen. Except for burning season, is in like March and April, and burning season the air quality there is uninhabitable it's mm-hmm. really really awful so i don't know that i'd want to be there and i think that's the thing like is there any well any place that's perfect i think portugal mm-hmm. i think portugal is perfect all around yeah i think portugal or south spain God, yeah anyway uh what about a favorite walk or hike that you've done oh um so I'll give Puerto Vallarta a shout out here. There is, I think it's called the seven beaches hike. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to take a boat in order to get to the beach and then you get off and then you just go on this hike just along these cliffs and you, you hit seven different beaches along the way. Hmm. Wow. And it was, it was a really, really cool experience. And so I, w- I would recommend that. And then there was another time too. It wasn't necessarily the greatest hike, but we got to this waterfall and you could jump into the waterfall. Yeah. And, and that was a lot of fun too. I also love that you can, I, I walked from Lagos in the Algarve to, oh, what's the name of that city? I can't remember the name of the of, of that city, but I walked from one city in the Algarve to another city just along the limestone cl- cliffs, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. Wow! So it, there wasn't there's not a lot of elevation. You're not going up and down, mm-hmm. up and down, but you are walking along those cliffs with the ocean just to the side of you, and you know it's limestone, so you kind of need to be a little careful. Yeah. So that you don't slip and go over the edge there, but it's uh, it was really really something that I, I I definitely those walks stand out to me for sure. Okay, and two more questions. Last one actually is what about a country that's the best value for money. Where does the dollar go the furthest? I think northern 
Thailand, so like Chiang Mai, even Bangkok too. Uh, yeah. Money money went far there. Hanoi and Da Nang thought yeah. things went went far there too. Uh, Porto, Porto Portugal, things were were affordable. A little bit, obviously, a little bit, a little bit more expensive than those other cities that I mentioned. Yeah, but Seoul is up there too, but uh, but not as much as as those other cities, I would say. But yeah, Porto. I was I was really surprised with how cheap things were in Porto, and then when I got to to Bangkok and Chiang Mai and Hanoi and Da Nang, I was like, oh wow, things yeah. are really really cheap here. But then when you go to when you go to Vietnam and you take money out of the bank, you know, or out of the ATM, dong. yeah, well, the, the dong and like you're a millionaire, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you have because because like two I think two hundred thousand dong is like like ten bucks or fifteen yeah. bucks or something like that. Yeah, thirty thousand so to one, something like that. I think yeah, I, yeah. when I was there. But yeah. So yeah. if you take out if you take out a million dong, it's I mean, it's only like uh I don't know, like however much, fifty bucks, whatever have you. But you're millionaires, you just like, I got all this money. So <laughs> <laughs> that was the one time in my life. At any time, here. yeah. <laughs> okay. The last question is final words of wisdom for someone maybe who is thinking about going traveling, but is maybe a bit nervous or scared. Like, what would you give? some advice to them of you know, why they should take the leap or at least plan to and, and get out there and travel the world. Yeah. I like this advice from Jason Robinson. So he, I'm going to give him a shout out. He's got a lot of nomad books out there. So it's called, I think it's the nomad experiment, Jason Robinson. He was on my podcast as episode 84, but the reason why I connected with him is because he was on another travel podcast. And uh, I was like, Oh, I really like what this guy has to say. And his recommendation was, because he's like me, he didn't start traveling until he was younger, or excuse me, until he was older. Yeah. His thing is, if you live in the United States, just start traveling around the United States first. Mm -hmm. And, and, I mean, get familiar with unfamiliar areas in the United States, because it's it kind of breaks you in to what yeah. traveling is like and what you have to get used to when you travel, right? Mm -hmm. and And so... I think just kind of, and then just kind of branching out from there. Right. Um, especially if you're, if you're nervous about it, um, if you're nervous about it, maybe try and go with somebody mm -hmm. or go somewhere where you have a friend, maybe, maybe it's overseas, maybe it's abroad, what have you, but maybe you have a friend over there and you're just like, Hey, can I come visit and go visit that friend? And if you don't, if you're like, ah, I don't want to infiltrate their person's space, Get, a, get an Airbnb, but then at least you know that you can rely or not rely, but you can ask your friend for help or for recommendations. The other thing too, is if you go somewhere, it's, you know, a lot of times your Airbnb host will provide you with information. My Airbnb host in Seoul gave me tours all the time <laughs> and his mom cooked me meals. <laughs> and the drop them off. It was adorable. So, if you get the right Airbnb host, they'll be they'll be very resourceful for you. So, use those resources around you. You know, if you, if you're new and you're traveling in the states, or you're traveling in Canada, uh, or you're traveling in Europe, just explore a different part of your own country. Or you know, Europe, you've got the countries kind of next door. Mm. You know, you don't have to go too far to to explore, but. But, you know, just kind of start small and work your way out. That's awesome. So, Billy, it's been a two-hour chat. We've covered a lot of ground. 
Uh, it's been one of the most flowing chats, I think. I think we just, apart from my coffin fit in the middle, I think we um, covered a lot of areas and half travel, half your stuff. The mindful stuff has been great. I think we've talked about a load of stuff and I think there's been some light bulb moments as well. So yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been a great chat. Yeah, thank you. I, I really, really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to listening to this. And and I like I said, you know, you probably get a lot of pitches and and I, I'm eternally grateful that uh, that you had me on the show. And if people are listening, reach out. I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode, as well as photos from the last eight to 10 years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.